With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We have a whole squad that can really hoop and get the job done. We got our way to win. It's simple, simple, simple for us. The first team ever in the 74-year history of the NBA to come back from being down 3-1 twice in the same playoffs. Nuggets down one into Murray. Here we go. Ten seconds. Murray to Jokic. Jokic. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Chicken Nuggets podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Garcia. Riley Biller here with me, joining from way out there, out east, not South Carolina anymore, North Carolina now. See how after so long, and I kept calling it North Carolina, now you actually live in North Carolina. Yes. (laughs) Out here in Charlotte. Yeah, living her best life, graduated from college. We haven't had the chance to talk about it. How did your graduation go? It went amazing. Um, Honestly, a dream come true for me, uh, being a first-generation college grad. So, um, yeah, it was an amazing day. Had graduation in the football stadium. And uh, even though our president made national headlines, and got fired after it, um, it was still good. It was still a good day. Yeah. So why do you get fired or she? Uh, he got fired. Well, so my after my second year, my president that everyone loved, Harris Bastides, he retired. And uh, basically there's a lot of people in the running and they picked a guy that no one voted for, but he made a deal with our governor, Henry McMaster and got put in and he came from West Point. Um, and uh, basically in the first graduation, cause they separated into like three. Um, in the first graduation, he said, congratulations class of 2021, University of California. Big boo-boo there, also kept talking. And then everyone was booing and someone behind him had to be like, <clears throat> South Carolina. Also, if you don't know, we're USC, Southern Cal's USC. So we have like this big argument with them. But, and then the second graduation and third graduation, he plagiarized his speech. Um, And everyone caught on that he plagiarized it. He didn't cite it or anything like that. Uh, And so at first he sent like an I'm sorry email and then everyone was like, we signed a Carolina creed that says if you play drives, you have to be expelled. And the same should have to apply for our president. And so eventually he got fired. Our old president just came back. <laughs> um, yeah, it was like national headlines everywhere. Like it was, it was super bad. It was really bad, but you know. Yeah. Um big deal i mean i guess calling you guys the university of you know of california like southern california that's not that big a deal to me but i suppose if you're a person who went to that school you'd probably be offended or takes like how do you get 
South Carolina to California. Like, what? Like, this man's weekly checks are signed from South Carolina. Like, <laughs> he should probably know who's signing his checks, right? Like, he should know right. the title, place he works for. <laughs> he has no affiliation with California. And you're just like, what the hell? <laughs> Did he ever work for? No. Okay. So there's no real excuse for the mix up. No, it's just, it, we're all like 99% sure he was drunk. All well, the Because <laughs> um, he just sounded so terrible in his speeches. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where we think he was at. Mm. Well, that is too bad for your university, but luckily for you, you're not there anymore. You're, you've moved on to bigger and better things in North Carolina with the Charlotte Hornets, who unfortunately do not move on past the, the playing round. Were you surprised by the outcome of that game or was it kind of what the organization expected? It's still, is it still a win for you guys? Um, I think I'm surprised as far as um, how it happened. Uh, the blowout was um atrocious it was atrocious to watch um but you know these guys are so young um there was not a lot of playoff experience on this team and like I said in other podcasts you just gotta you gotta be proud of how far the Hornets came um and you know I said in the in the other podcast before the playoffs started, it was a very big deal where the Hornets fell between the seven and 10. Um, I said, if they fell to a 10, it would be bad. Um, and unfortunately they did fall to the 10. Um, so, you know, it happens. Uh, hopefully they could build draft well. Hopefully, I hope they have a good off season and get some trades going, um, especially at the big position. So, but you gotta be happy. I mean, LaMelo Ball is up for rookie of the year um, and you see a great future with him. So I'm happy for this organization. Yeah, I'm um, pretty sure they have a first round pick this draft and they also have like a second round, I think. Yeah, the- They definitely got some draft picks. So I just hope they draft well because um, sometimes they don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have a first round pick, I think. They don't do they? Do you know? They have a first round pick. And then they have a second round from the Clippers, mm-hmm. second round from the Knicks. Yep. A second round from the Nets. Yeah. They got picks. They got picks. And a second round from the Pistons. My goodness. Yeah, they uh they can really line this thing up nicely if they draft good. So um I'm I'm excited for this organization. I think it's going in a good direction. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. It's a win no matter what, because they really, no one expected them to be there, you know? And if they can, if they can hit this draft really positively, even flipping some of those picks for already established veterans or something like that, uh, those second round ones, at least, obviously the first round pick you, you definitely want. Right. Um, then they can potentially set themselves up for success in the future. They have some good core guys that are young 
it's like a whole new generation of basketball players is taking over this playoffs and I'm freaking loving it, Riley. I love that LeBron didn't get the flagrant foul call when he was poked oh. in his eye. So, so crazy. He- I have never seen anything so dramatic. And the fact in the post-game interview, when he's like, I just, uh, with I, rims, I went for the middle one. I was like, dude, literally a few, like, not that long ago, a Mets player got hit with, like, an 80-mile-per-hour-plus fastball and, and still played the game fine without saying he saw three balls. Right. right. Like, I'm just, it's just, you know, I was up last night until, like, 12 or 1 because in my senior sem class group chat, which there's, like, 40 of us, I was arguing with the guys about who's the GOAT, and I'm, like, literally, guy, because they were, like, LeBron would do fine in the MJR. I'm like, literally, guys, this man was freaking out when he was poked in the eye. Imagine him versus the bad boys. Just imagine <laughs> that. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. It's been interesting to watch just like all of the superstars who I think we've grown accustomed to watching them get every call they want, not get every call they want in this playoff series um I don't know about you but I feel like the first round has been pretty I mean I don't know if I would say evenly called because I haven't looked at every single game and seen if each team is really genuinely getting even calls I know that the Nuggets game last night had way too many calls there was just many many whistles dude and it was like I saw somebody posted on Twitter like oh, this game has its own graphic for for fouls because that's how many fouls were called, um, like 50-something in the fourth quarter. It was our, the count was at. There was already a lot of flagrant fouls called. There were technical fouls. First, like, quarter of the game, there were already, before the first quarter ends, two technical fouls, like a flagrant foul. Um, it was just crazy. So interesting game for the nuggets last night in denver we are recording this on tuesday morning and it'll be up for you right after that but um we get a chance to kind of review both games so game one less fun for nuggets fans riley than game two game one the nuggets end up losing 123 to 109 it Looked like the first half of that game was really dominated by Nikola Jokic. Like Jamal Murray almost got fined by the NBA in that game because he was so good. That's so good. (laughs) He was literally like on the court, like telling him like, okay, take him, take him to the basket. Like, let's go put in work. Let's go. And he was hyping up Nikola big in the first quarter and then in the first half of that game. And Nikola had a big first half. I felt like he really controlled the game when that first half. And then, of course, Portland comes in. Denver does that thing they do in the third quarter where they don't do anything they did in the earlier parts of the game. And they gave up a huge third quarter to (sighs) Dame and the Blazers, the rest of the Blazers team who really end up getting, they score 38 points in that third quarter they end up hitting five three-pointers in that quarter, and I'm guessing most of them go to Dame. But it was just a big, and Anthony Simons, but 
it was a big quarter for them. I thought the whole game, like I felt like, oh, Denver is right in this. And then when I looked up, I'm like, whoa, when did that swing happen? Especially towards the end of the game, there was a couple of misplays by Aaron Gordon. Um, Jokic was caught a couple times, like really picking up on the pick and roll guy, the roller a little bit too late. So he gave him too much time and he could still score. what do you think of game one? And, you know, do those things continue to plague Denver moving forward? Their inability to guard the three-point line and just that pick and roll when Jokic is being placed in the in the pick and roll series and then having to participate in that on defense and then go on offense and also do all of the work on offense. Yeah, I felt like the first game, um, Jokic really carried so much in the first half that, that there was really nothing left in the tank. He really needed more help that game. Um, and I thought that was, that's been, that game was the biggest, like I missed Jamal Murray game I've seen. Um, but going back to the defensive side of things, like we also saw last night in the first game, um, that high pick and roll with Dame has to be fixed. Uh, they have, they went under the thing a few times. And I'm like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Um, also, they sag way too much. Like, it's almost like they, they don't think Lillard has the range that he does. And it, I feel like they need to go more into like a two man approach to it, kind of get them like, you don't have this shot, then drop back. But the help defense would have to learn to shift quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, in the first game, they were god awful. And then we saw in the second quarter, they were god awful of last night. Um, so it's really that high pick and roll every time, especially with Nurkic setting that screen. So that's that's an area that I hope that they look at and film and practice and um, kind of grab the rope a little bit and make it tighter. But um, honestly, in that first game, it was super close. It was a good game, but Portland had way more urgency than the Nuggets did. And I think it just came down to that. You saw Nuggets right out of the gate this game. They had that urgency and they played with that urgency through every quarter, they won every quarter. Um, so it just comes down to you in the playoff, in the in the regular season, you can get away with, you know, not playing with that urgency sometimes and being okay. But this is playoff basketball. Every minute counts. So we saw some of those minutes kind of slacked off with the Nuggets in the first game. Um, and quickly and very subtly, the Portland Trailblazers took advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think the high pick and roll, there was a couple times too, where like, I know there was an eight point swing late in that game in that in game one where um, Gordon like gets a pick or, but doesn't misses, misses the pass or something like that. I think he turns the ball over. He's, he strips a guy. So you think it's going to be good. Then, turns the ball over as well. And then, so it doesn't actually work out in the Nuggets favor and Portland capitalized on a lot of different moments in that game. And um, I think that the Nuggets just like it let it slip away really because they didn't make any changes. Like Malone just used that game with his game plan 
and didn't make any adjustments. I think he wanted to see, like, just let me see what you guys have. And really, it did kind of look like the Nuggets had enough in the first half to get them, you know, to a win in that game even. But it did slip away from them pretty easily. I, I, I Portland is shooting incredible from three. I don't know if they'll ever cool off. They're still shooting well from three. Even last night, they were out shooting the Nuggets from three for most of the night. Um, I know at the end that the Nuggets kind of hit a few. Michael Porter Jr. hit a few, but yeah, Portland outshot them. They made 16 of their 34 three-pointers that they took um, and shot at 48%. You know, Denver only took 28 three-pointers. They made 12, shot at 43%. So it wasn't much worse and that they did make a lot more threes than they missed in game one, but um, Portland's still shooting better than them from deep, you know? And so I don't know if that's going to be something that Denver is able to stop. Game two was a lot better. Carmelo Anthony, they, the Nuggets clearly game plan for him, not wait, what to do when he came in the game. Uh, they would sub Michael Porter Jr. out and sub in uh, Jamichael Green. Jamichael Green, I think, makes sense to guard Melo, right? Because he's from the same time period. Like, they're from the same era. That 90s basketball was a bit rougher and tougher, you know? And going into 2000s, there was some of that that lingered in there when Melo first came into the league. He's still going up against guys like Kobe guys who play aggressive. So I liked that, that thought process that Malone had, and I saw him actually make adjustments. You saw at halftime, Dame was really heating up in the second quarter. Oh my God, really heating up. Like, let me just try this over here on one leg fading into my bench. Boom, makes it. Let me try it on the other side of the arc. Boom, makes it. Like, it was just crazy. And every time Michael Porter Jr. was in his face, Facundo Campazzo was in his face, and Dame's pretty small, so Faku actually can be in his face, but um, unlike some of the other players, Faku guards, but even Mike, like Mike had his arm and Mike's long and tall and it did not bother Dame whatsoever in that second quarter. He was tr hitting everything and thank goodness uh, Malone put Shaq Harrison in with like a minute and a half left in the second quarter and just stops the bleeding like right away. He was such a good, he's such a good defender. I love that they, they, he didn't even get minutes in the first game. So the fact that he kind of could go out there as like secret weapon, you know, oh, we have, haven't even seen what this guy looks like very much. And, and just do one thing, guard Dame, don't let Dame shoot. And, um, and then at halftime, they switch it up and go with Aaron Gordon on Dame, which really changed uh, the outcome of the game. Dame had eight threes in the first half. And after that, that third quarter, he, uh, I think he only had eight points in his, or yeah, eight points in his third quarter. So it really made a difference. I heard uh, Aaron Gordon said, I want Dame at halftime. Mm. He said that in his post game interview. Yeah. I mean, I love it though. Like, if that was his thing, like, I want Dame. He just had 22 points in the second quarter. You're like, ah, oh, shit, this man about to go 50 this game or something. And um, I know. step up and say, I want Dame. Um, I really thought Aaron Gordon played a great game. I really do. Um, he was a game changer. Big game changer this game.
for the Denver Nuggets really made the difference. I know he's plus 19. Uh, he played just great defense. He even gave him 13 points, hit great shots. Um, Two big threes. Uh, yeah, uh, he played super well. Uh, I was super pleased with this play. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was actually helpful in this game. Go figure when you participate. Not that he wasn't participating, but he wasn't very participating or engaged in the offense in game one. And so I wanted to see him do more for sure. Um, I'm glad that he got the opportunity to. He got a huge dunk in game one, though. That was awesome in the beginning, first quarter. But yeah, second game was more his. He hits two big threes. He was... I mean, just all over the rebounding. Um, Facundo Campazzo also had a big game one. And, uh, but I'm wondering, you know, what you think about Michael Porter? How's he playing so far in this playoff series, in your opinion? Um, I feel like he's kind of, so now he's in this two role. And I think he's trying to figure out where and when he's supposed to, take over, shoot his shots. I think he's a little more hesitant for some reason so far. Um, and he's not going for it like he did in the regular season. I don't know if it's just he's adapting to playoff play because it is so much faster and, and physical and pressure. Um, but I feel like you just, if I'm Michael Porter, I'm sitting there, you know what you bring to the table. You know when he plays his game, it elevates his team to a whole other level. And, you know, I'd want to see him take more than 13 shots. I do, because he could shoot the basketball. And you saw him just, you know, he he played well overall. I'll say that. But I want, it seems like he was lacking a little bit of confidence because it's such a big role that he's taken on um, trying to be the second guy for this team. So I want him to fully embrace it and just and play his, play his game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's if it's nerves, if it's adjusting, what's going on with him. And I agree with you. He's not playing bad. He's playing fine both games. He had he had 18 last night and in game 1 he ends up getting um 25. So game 2 I thought he really shined in the second quarter uh, when Jokic was out. He, Michael Porter stays in. more quiet than usual. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, oh, he had 18 points. Oh, he had 25. But they were quiet. Normally when Porter's going, it's like, damn, this dude is playing well. But it's been very, like, the whole, the whole time. Yeah, he maybe hasn't had, like, one of those moments yet where it's like, this game was his. We got a Paul Millsap game, game two. Who knew? Who knew Paul uh, had it in him still? He played like one of those guys that like, you always have one of those guys, a vet in the playoffs that knows, okay, I'm the vet. I got to step up. This team needs my help. And that's exactly what Paul Millsap did. And he knows his role and he filled it perfectly. Yeah, it comes in big. When Jokic gets into foul trouble there, uh, plays some pretty big important minutes for for Denver and actually puts up a good game. 15 points. I, I did actually I, I was doing the recap last night 
like writing it out and just who was the high scores and stuff. And I had Michael Porter, uh, you know, and Nicola always. And then I was looking at for the third guy that I would include. And I included um, Monte Morris, I think, who had like 12 or 13 instead of Paul Millsap because I didn't even think to look that far down the box score to check his name because he normally isn't having that many points. But he he actually put up a really good game. He totally did the vet thing that uh, you're talking about to Anthony Simons. Oh, my God. He brutally beat that kid up. Like, literally. literally in, yeah, in the game. He was, like, shoving him through the lane. He's like, no, this is my space. Get out. <laughs> like, it was so funny. Um, I don't think he, Anthony Simons wanted to even play against him. Like there were a couple times where he's like, nah, like you take him. I'm, I'm out on guarding Millsap at this point. So it was kind of funny, but we got. Monster though, his mid-range is back and it was perfect. It filled that open mid-range gap. Monte was in there, opened up really the whole offense. Um, so that was super good to see. And I, I, I was very pleased with his game as well. Yeah, he did. He's played really well. And in prior postseasons, he hasn't always, he's not like played bad, but he's never like pl- had a postseason where you're, a, or even a postseason game where you're like, whoa, he really commanded some attention. I thought he really did last night, not just because of the chirping, a lot of the tripping because he was underneath mellow skin and bugging the crap out of him he was having fun yeah right i mean you can do that and be having a great time you know but you love to see it bothering he got a tech going into the halftime nobody knows what he did he just ran over there was talking stuff and then all of a sudden you see him run out of the little portland side of the huddle and run towards the Nuggets, and you're like, and they whistle him for a tech, and we're like, what happened? What What are you I talking about? Some, some big boy words were used in there, and yeah. but I, I'm for it. I mean, if that fuels his game, chirp, man, chirp. <laughs> right. Yeah, go for it. Um, he did play really well. I really have loved this, the way that the Nuggets have capitalized on kind of their tiny guys, their tiny guards that they have. Facundo Campazzo, Monte Morris, Austin Rivers. I mean, Austin's a little bit bigger than the other two, but but still, like, they can get to the basket. Even Marcus Howard. Yeah. Sweet layup um, last night. I mean, that that guy is little, but let me tell you, he finds a way through, through trees, so... Even he played well as too, so. Yeah, yeah, I really liked that that change because I do think it's mostly pull-up jumpers and threes in the NBA, pick and roll. We see that a lot, but I've loved watching them like take their chance on that, right? Like you expect that to happen with Will Barton where he kind of drives to the basket and creates his own shot sometimes when he's kind of his, the one guy I would say on the Nuggets who can do a lot of like his own shot creation, obviously outside of Jamal but and Jokic. But, but these guys are different. Marcus Howard, Facundo Campazzo, um, Monte Morris. Monte did have a couple where he 
was the ball handler and drove to the basket, but a lot of them are getting these layups on cuts, you know, with an assist coming from Campazzo or from um, Jokic or somewhere else on the court. But it's just been fun to watch like how active they are. It's tied up 1-1. They go back to Portland uh, for game two and game three. I'm sorry, game three and game four. Uh, those will be Thursday and Saturday. They'll also play game five in um, back here in Denver and then go back and play game six back in Portland. So games four and five were big games in 2019 for Denver because of, well, I think it was game three and four in, in that case, but yeah, in this case too, three and four. So big swing games because it's really hard to win in Portland. I don't know if you've ever gotten a chance to go to the Moda Center, but they are loud. They are really, really loud. They have the lowest amount of fans. They only have 10%. Yeah, they're the last stadium um, in the league to allow fans. But do you think that it's going to be hard to steal one in the Moda Center? No. No, I don't think so. Um, I I feel like it's going to be game three, to be honest. Um, mm. Just because they have that extra day of rest. Um, and word on the street is Will Barton might be back. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel pretty confident going into game three, especially with only 10% of that crowd being there. Yes, I know that 10% will be loud, but it's only 10%. Um, so I feel like, I feel like the Nuggets could definitely get game three, game four, I think will be the either way kind of game. That's awesome. Yeah. In, in 2019, it was game three that went to the four overtime game. So we watched Jokic put in some serious work. 65 minutes he played in that game with four, after four overtimes. So uh, pretty crazy. That's why I always tell you, like, you don't understand. Nicola and Jamal have played so many minutes since 2019. You know, like, they have not stopped. And actually, Malone told me, told everybody the other day that the Nuggets have the most postseason, like, experience in the last three years they've played in the most games and been in the involved in the most playoff participation kind of series games all together they have the most minutes because they've been in the most situations their series have gone to seven games most of the time in that 2019 they go to seven with the spurs and then go to portland and do seven against portland as well with the four overtime game as your third game pretty crazy so um that's why I'm always harping on the minutes Riley because it's been long time coming you could say could be interesting in Portland I'm more skeptical than Riley at least at this point on them getting a win in Portland Riley you should have heard some of the great journalists that cover the Nuggets like some of the guys that are like way up there most important guys that cover the Nuggets they thought they were gonna get swept they were like I don't know if this last night at Ball Arena, they were like, this will either be see you in June or 
this will be see you next year because they really genuinely thought the Nuggets, they were not sure the Nuggets were going to pull out a win last night. And they thought the Nuggets were going to get swept in Portland. So that's just rude. I just don't think that Portland's that good because, you know, Damian Lillard is phenomenal and I really do like his game and him. Um, But this poor man, I tweeted this last night. Um, He seems to do this every year. They put all this weight on his shoulders and he he lives up to them he really does but it's just not a one-man game and I just don't think they have enough enough help and I all around just like the roster of nuggets over this Portland roster yeah well it's interesting because I think most people out here are definitely feeling like the nuggets don't have a lot I think that's the narrative out here the nuggets don't have enough firepower you know Portland has CJ McCollum as their two guy, he's pretty good. He won them a game. He won them game seven last last series in 2019 against this team. So, well, against a version of this team, right? Because these teams are different. I think a big piece is the fact that Nurkic is there in the post. Um, they, and the, the Nuggets really didn't give game, Dame a game. <laughs> they didn't give Dame a game in that 2019 series. He played well. He got his like 30. Yeah but he never had like one of those, he went off kind of games um, where he kind of what last night was looking like it might shape up to be like, I think Matt Moore from the action network tweeted like, okay, in the second quarter, it looks like Dame's about to go for 70. So, cause he was at like 32 or something in the first half there. So it looked like he was going to go off, but the nuggets have always done a good job of defending him. And this is a really different team because now you have Nurkic in there. You can't just send two guys at him without setting somebody up to, to get Nurkic. If they send the second guy at him, which could be Jokic in that pick and roll, you know, you leave Nurkic wide open. So it's, it's different than 2019 because of that, because you don't have Tory Craig for the Nuggets who really kind of specialized in guarding Dame. Um, but I think Aaron Gordon did a great job last night for sure. I'd expect to see that continue in games three and four. Were there any other adjustments you thought Coach Malone could make to kind of set these guys up for success in the next two games in Portland? Uh, besides the high screen roll, I think that screen and roll, I think that's just the main priority. Um, I say I mean, I say continue being physical with them. Can I like the chirping? I like the the text. I like that. I think it gets in their head. Um, mm-hmm. I say keep, yeah, keep being physical with these guys. Um, it's fun to watch. But yeah, the high pick and roll is is the priority at this point of adjustments. Yeah. Gotta learn how to defend that, especially with Dame having the ball. So yeah. Yeah, and maybe some sort of adjustment for what happens if Aaron Gordon can't can't guard Dame. What are you, what is our backup plan or needs to rest and Dame's in the game at that time, you know? Um, I think that second unit looks really good. I love seeing Monte Morris in that second unit, but I, gosh, I feel like Monte with Jokic on the floor at the same time would be so nice to get some minutes like that, you know, a little bit more time where Monte and Jokic are on the floor together, just because I think they played for much longer together 
then the other uh, Austin Rivers and Facundo Campazzo. I mean, and then of course you hope to see Rivers come off the bench and Will Barton in that spot there with the starters if he is able to get back. That is the rumor on the streets out here that he should be back for Thursday's game. I think it's really important that the Nuggets handle it right though, because this is the third season that Will Barton will have missed the playoffs in a row. He has a player option coming after this season. Pretty sure it's like 14, something like, I think it's 14 mil, which he should totally take. Although I hope he doesn't. (laughs) I think Will Barton would be better off on a different team just for what Will Barton wants for his career. You know, I think he wants to be on the floor. I think he wants the ball in his hands a little bit more. I think this team has outgrown him in a lot of ways. Uh, There's total, not in like any disrespect, obviously, mad love to Will Barton. He helped them get to this point. He helped coach some of these guys up even. But he, I think that's exactly the point is that he needs, or he could be doing that with a team that's younger, right? Like with the Hornets or even with the team where he could just be playing like a really important veteran role like Melo does, like JaVale McGee is doing for the Nuggets. Um, but if he comes back too early and re-injures himself, you're talking about a guy's career here, you know, like he was definitely expecting more years in the NBA. Um, he's got a lot of kids. So I really do hope he takes it seriously and takes his time coming back. If he's genuinely not able to play on Thursday, I'd rather him not play, you know, cause I don't want to see, and I don't know if that Nuggets nation can handle another loss. Like we've lost so many people this go around. This season is like cursed. I'm pretty sure. So um, I definitely want Will to take it, take it seriously, wait to come back until he can, or the Nuggets not to put, you know, when he does come back, you know, maybe a minutes restriction of some kind that allows him to be out there and be helpful, but also keeps in, in mind his future because if he misses three, three playoffs in a row, what kind of market is he even looking at if he doesn't you know sign resign with the nuggets who's gonna want to sign a guy who's missed three postseasons yeah it'll be interesting i don't think he'll come back unless he's ready to come back um but i agree like i think this team has outgrown him um but if i were him of course i'd take the 14 mil because i don't think Anywhere is going to offer him 14 mil um, a year. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll have, we'll have to see on that one. I think it also depends on if he comes back, how he plays, how far him and the Nuggets get. Um, these are, these are all like factors into his offseason. Right. Right. Which is why it's important, I think, to him to come back. He wants to put play, he wants to demonstrate what he can do for a team so that he's not stuck taking that player option. And he could get something a little bit more than that from somebody, um, whether that's a two-year deal and a little bit more money and more security for a couple more years, even, you know, you want to make sure he's set up. He wants to make sure he's set up straight. So I agree. I don't, if he, if he doesn't do or play a big role, you know, I don't know that another team's going to give him the 14 
uh, <laughs> aside from Denver who with that player option. So, so it'll be important. Um, I know that a lot of people feel like him coming back is really going to swing the series, but I don't really feel that way. I feel like him coming back is another body. It's another person who actually can create his own shot if necessary, but I'm kind of worried that it might mess up what they've, this flow that they've grown accustomed to. I don't know. Um, no, I'm kind of on the fence about it. it. I feel like it all depends on Barton's approach to it. Um, if he tries to be too dominant or ball dominant, uh, I could see it affecting the Nuggets negatively if he comes in there and plays the role that he, the role that needs to be filled, which is scoring when they need to, um, playing pretty good D. Um, that, I don't, I mean, I don't see a huge effect. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing another option. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Cause I would say to, in my opinion, Austin Rivers and Will Barton's defense pretty similar, especially on the blow buys uh, and off the dribble Their their first step is kind of slow. I don't think that they're, I mean, Dame blew past Rivers so many times. You know, his first step was far faster. He got the jump. He got the edge. Rivers was getting into foul trouble even. Um, finally got it under control when Malone was like, you're going to foul out. I'm going <laughs> to take you out. And he's like, okay, I'll stay in. Didn't get any more fouls, thank God. Not like Nurk. Nurk just went for it. Six fouls. It was actually, it doesn't make any sense to me, Riley. Nurkic whined his way out of Denver. Mello asked for a trade which everyone does. And it's like people boo and hate Melo so much, even though Melo took us to like eight years of playoffs and it, and nobody boos Nurkic. Like some people boo Nurkic, but barely anybody. And I'm like, he was a whiny like dude who could not accept his role on this team or couldn't accept that Nikola Jokic was better than him. And now this entire team is centered around Nikola. So imagine if he had gotten in the way of that. If somebody had believed Nurkic was actually the guy we should have centered around. Thank God. But nobody boos Nurkic. Everyone out there should be booing Nurkic as much as they boo uh, Mello. Nurkic never took us to single playoff. Well, Nurkic is just, he's not the household name like Mello is. So I I feel like it just comes down to that. Nurkic only had like seven points too. He didn't really have like he didn't have anything to too. be mad about. He didn't do much. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, it's still just annoying to me because I love Melo and I hate that they all boo him. And he was in the center of like every single fight last night. It was so, I mean, there was a lot of tension in the building. There was a lot. Every time Melo stepped on the floor, um, tension rise, it escalated. I There's always been a lot of tension between um, these two teams. Game uh, 2019, there was, you know, a moment when they thought MPJ flipped off the bench. Then there was Evan Turner flipped off the Nuggets at a different point. There was a lot of, like, almost fights that broke out in that series we already see that a lot in this, this series. That series didn't even have mellow. This series has mellow. There's a lot of fights uh, kind of brewing and a lot of tension out there. Jamal Murray 
talking so much from the bench, walking like all the way up the sideline, past the scorer's table, as far as he could go, just so that the Portland bench could hear him. And they're like shooing him back. They're like, get out of here, you know, go back to your bench or whatever. But I know for a fact, the NBA was like, you cannot be on the floor, Jamal, during these games. Like they're gonna charge him, you know, they're gonna get him, find him or whatever. But uh, it's been fun to watch. And you should see Riley, like Jamal go before games in warmups and stuff and go out there and just shoot around off his one leg, making like all the way back to like the three point line, making buckets. And he walks off the court and the entire place cheers for like a minute straight. Like they're so sad about losing Jamal. They love him so much. It's, it's actually really fun to watch. Yeah, they actually showed um, Jamal on the on the television cap, like broadcast. Oh yeah, um, playing in warm up. So um, that was cool to see. You could tell he misses it. So yeah, it's sad every time I see him. I'm like, oh, we we should be whooping these guys right now. Imagine if we had Jamal. It wouldn't even be a question. Game three and game four. You know they're gonna at least get one of them. But I think the consensus out here is. They think Portland's probably gonna gonna get both those games, so we hope that they're wrong. We hope Denver gets one for sure, well, at least one while they're out there. It'd be great if they get another one. Um, any other series that you're enjoying right now in the first round tonight? We get to watch Brooklyn and the Celtics go up for their second game. There's a huge game tonight. And the Suns and the Lakers. Nope, that's not the huge one. <clears throat> I think the Lakers are done after the first round. That's why. Wow. Um, the Clippers. Uh, that the Clipper Mavs game. That's a big game. That's just a big game if you're a big Luca fan. No, it's a big game because I think the LA Clippers have the most pressure this playoffs, and I think Luca is starving. Hmm. And I don't know if Clippers did not look good that first game. So yeah, they uh, did. That, that game is intriguing to me. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, and then last night we saw the Bucks whoop the Heat, um, to say the least. I've said um, Bucks are my team to win it all this year. I firmly believe that it's Giannis's breakthrough year. So. Um, yeah, they looked amazing last night. Well, if the Nuggets had had Jamal Murray, it'd be the Nuggets year. That's for sure. But since, oh my. since they don't, maybe I could get on this Giannis. Giannis's breakout year, what you're saying. Maybe Chris Middleton is playing sensational. Um, Chris Middleton's playing awesome. He normally does in the playoffs. Always got to give him a shout out, Charleston boy. Um, so, yeah. I uh, I was pleased with their play, even though it was against my Heat. But um, yeah, it doesn't look like it looks like the Bucks might sweep them. All right, well, let's get run through these real quick. Philly, what? Uh, Wizards. Philly gets Wizards. Game one. Wizards think- game the way the next game. Yeah. Okay, that's tomorrow night. The Wizards uh, second game. Who's taking that series in your mind? 
Philly's taking the series, but I got Washington tomorrow. I really think that Washington takes the series. Oh, hot take. Um, Only because of Doc. Yeah, I mean, I see where you're coming from, but um, I think it'll go like six games. It'll be competitive, but um, exactly like every year with Philly goes to game seven and Kawhi shuts him down, you know, or when he was in Toronto, that's kind of their MO. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. The wizards play so fast and they, they're just like so much fun to watch. They, if they could just play a little bit of defense, like a little bit more defense, they could actually, you know, I mean, not that they didn't hang with them uh, in game one, but I just think they could actually win this series. So uh, they're being, I think they've been coached pretty well. I think both teams, you could say regular season wise, they were coached well, but the Sixers have a curse on their team. Yeah. His name's Ben Simmons. I don't know if it's Ben Simmons. Why? Because he dated the Kardashian. No, he's just terrible and overrated. Well, and it will always cost them to have him. Well, I don't know about that, but uh, I, was, I was thinking his, the curse was Doc Rivers because we've seen him post-season. Post He's not a post-season coach, you know? So I think that'll be I, – I would love to see the Wizards kick them out, obviously. Nets, Celtics, <laughs> who do you have in that matchup? I got the Nets. Um, Celtics without Jalen Brown, it's just a different team. Yeah. And Jason Tatum played really good, though, the other night, you know. He's been phenomenal. Lots of credit to Jason Tatum and his whole development, really. Um, it's just not enough. It's not yeah. enough. Yeah. So you got Milwaukee and the Miami. I, I would take the Nets in that series as well, just because of firepower. Um, Milwaukee against Miami. Milwaukee's. You think Milwaukee will sweep them? I think Milwaukee's going to go for the sweep. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami gets a game because they are dogs and they fight and they have the toughest guy on their team and Jimmy. So, I mean, I don't know. I just – I really think this Bucks team is, is is great, so. Yeah. Yeah, the Heat really surprised me too. Like, I thought they'd make some more adjustments in game two. I thought there'd be some changes. I think Spolster is one of the best – coaches mm-hmm. when it comes to in-game adjustments um and coming up with like creative ways to to throw something different at at guys and i i'm not sure what's going on game two was not pretty for them I think Milwaukee was shooting like 60 percent from three like at that point it was like <laughs> there was not a whole lot you could do yeah they were hitting everything they threw up everything well, the last series in the East, New York, Atlanta, Atlanta game one. In- that was fun. Yeah. That was fun. Um, that's going to be a series. I think it's going seven games. I think the Hawks might have them. Um, I hope the Knicks get it, though. You know, that, that whole, like, at Madison Square Garden, that hype, and it's just a feel-good thing. It's feel-good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the Knicks haven't been relevant in so long, but – 
the Hawks have been trying to be relevant for so long. So I kind of feel like the same way for both teams. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy for either of you because like you, no one's thought about you or cared about you in so long. Like, you, you know, but the Knicks at least had glory days. I feel mm-hmm. like Atlanta hasn't really had that. So I'm hoping it, built, you know, continues to be a rivalry moving forward, not just this season, but even for seasons to come. I love both these teams are so young and fun to watch. I'm really excited for that matchup. Uh, I don't know if I could pick a winner out of that one. I think that one's kind of the closest. Definitely the closest. Like I have Hawks in seven, but like, I'm not confident. You know, I'm not a toss up for me. I'm like, it could be anyone, but I think it'll go seven probably. Mm -hmm. Uh, Out in the West. The Memphis Grizzlies getting, not just kicking Steph's booty out of here and his team out of here. I mean, oh, Steph was the MVP. What happened? John Morant? John Morant happened to you? Come on. Not that John's not good, but come on, Steph. I thought you were Steph or whatever. That team is full of surprises. I mean, they keep hearing chirps that they're they're not there yet. They're too young. They're this that and uh they don't like it they don't like being talked down to like that so um props to them they got heart they got a lot of heart and enough heart to pull out not just kick Steph out of the playoffs but also pulling out the win one against Utah I think it has to do with Mitchell being out um I think it would have been different did you see the reports though about like Mitchell like teammates saying they think they're better without Mitchell and or if Mitchell oh, came to bench. I think those are false. There's no way someone thinks that. Shams tweeted it. I don't believe it. And if that is true, then they're just naive. Well, I mean, there's definitely been always been, even last year, this around coronavirus time when everything shut down and Rudy Gobert was being silly with, you know, touching everything or he thought silly. Um, he's being dangerous really with COVID at that point but um, Donovan Mitchell there's rumors out there that him and Donovan Mitchell do not get along Rudy Gobert they're two stars I heard that 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 ruined that relationship and it's never recovered right Um, I think the Jazz will be fine though Mitchell will come back he'll be okay well, they play game two tomorrow night. Tonight, like we mentioned, Phoenix and the Lakers. You think the Lakers are done first round. I am shocked. Oh, yeah. I have the Suns going to the finals. I want the Suns in the finals. I think the Suns are such a fun team. But I think it would be sad, too, because if they go to the finals against the Nets, are they winning? If they go to the finals against Memphis? Uh, I think it needs to winning this year um I just think that way um but yeah I think they're being the Lakers in about five or six Hmm. no I like the Suns a lot but I think it's just going to be sad once if they get to the finals just for Chris Paul to lose again you know it's just going to be like oh what a bummer for him if they go to the finals I'd obviously want them to win not for Chris Paul because whatever he's a crybaby but because of like just I don't know. I guess I like the Suns team. I like their way of like, even the way that they've developed this team for a long time now, they've been working towards getting a team like this. So um, 
I want it. I would want it more for Monty. Yeah. Um, that man, that poor man, gone through a lot of shit. Um, just with his personal life and his family. Um, so that would just be such a, a feel good thing. And to, to go to the Suns and be this elite. Um, yeah, I just, that'd be like really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. I would like, yeah, definitely don't want it for Chris, but I'd want it for everybody else. <laughs> so, yeah. I guess it'd be all right if he gets one, as long as he like, I hope he like takes that ring and is like, all oh, right, I've done what I need to do here. I can leave now, you know? Yeah. Cause it's been a lot of years with Chris Paul on different teams doing this same shit in the playoffs, not winning. Like I just, I'm kind of like over it. You know, it's like, I think we're done with that era. Mm-hmm. We're getting close for sure. Um, and the other series is that Dallas Mavericks and Clippers series game two tonight. Mavs take game one. Who you have Mavs winning that series and how many? I don't know about winning. I think it's going seven games. Dang. It's a toss up in the seven game. Yeah. Seven game. It it really depends on um A, the Mavs help. Um and B Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, because they didn't look good. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, another team, right, that has where their two superstars don't really get along. Yeah, I think that ends up really hurting teams more than more than you can realize, or more than we can realize as as like outsiders, right? Um, I mean, I I can tell you from my personal experience. I'm sure you could tell me from your personal experience. You know, when the star on the team doesn't like the coach, or they don't get along with the second player or the person who's feeding them the ball it's an issue mm-hmm. and um everybody wants to eat everyone is looking for their next towards their next contract I'm pretty sure Kawhi is a free agent after this year so mm-hmm. it's pretty it's going to be interesting at least just for ramifications into this next season what is that set up you know if Kawhi has a terrible postseason bringing down the value his value in free agency I don't think his value will go down just because he has done so much and he is super elite, but I think this postseason will determine if he stays or goes. No, I think he's going no matter what. I don't think he likes it. Hmm. I mean, unless Paul George goes, right? I don't know. I just, I really think it's, uh, it depends on this, this postseason. That's what I think it all comes down to because the West is really just wide open. Um, there's a year to do it it's 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 their year to do it so if they can't do it this year I don't think they're doing it any other year right with Jamal coming back possibly by the end of next season you got Clay coming back um, teams are going to get a lot better so ones that are a lot more a lot younger and solid going to stay together for a little while here um, the Grizzlies who are young and up and coming it's kind of like the, I mean, Atlanta, New York, even, you know, it's like we're moving away from LA as the focal point of NBA basketball on the West Coast. Oh. Yeah, it's uh, it's opening up. It's, it's cool to see because it's, I feel like it's been like LA and Golden State for a long time, so. It's been all California for the longest time yeah. now. It's so it's, it's, it's nice to see.
it's fun. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's been a blast so far. Can't wait for games three and four for this Nuggets series. Again, those are Thursday and Saturday, so stay tuned. And we'll be back next week with another episode of the Chick and Nuggets podcast. Thanks for listening, guys.